Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Podcast and the Mindset Matters Edition, where I'm joined by my wife and Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. Together, Stephanie and I engage in a conversation about different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters. We believe that we're living in and through one of the most impactful global events in history. And let's face it, few have trained for or are equipped to deal with the life that is unfolding before them. The need to pivot in your business, your career, or perhaps deal with shifting family dynamics lies before many. We hope to inspire you to ask yourself questions or pause to consider how you view your world, your life. We'll invite you to check in on where you are on your journey, and are you still clear on your intended destination, or has it changed? Join us for this in our series of Mindset Matters. Listen in, enjoy. Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Podcast, Mindset Matters. And as always, Stephanie Hanlon, you're here with me today. Hi, hon. This is going to be a fun one. They're all fun. This is such a great conversation. And if you hear a dog in the background, is we got a new puppy. So He's 10 weeks old. His name is Enzo. Enzo. He and is... I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie's Mountain Dog. It's number two for us. Echo is our... Uh, our firstborn. <laughs> Anyways, we digress so quickly. Anyways, uh, Enzo Ferrari, he's hanging out with us today, and so he may be a little bit noisy in the background. So here we go. Conversation today. We are talking about environment, and we're talking about building your life based on your own ethos. Understanding ethos. Well, what is ethos? You why know, does it matter? Why does it matter? Well, we'll get to why it matters. But first off, understanding ethos, you know, there's a, a, a certainly a bigger conversation around ethos, logos, pathos, you know, the three modes of persuasion, as they call it. But, you know, to keep this in context, you know, this particular segment that I want to do is around ethos is defining your ethos, which is, you know, my definition of ethos, which is a kind of a spinoff of different definitions of it without talking about Socrates and all the things that went on there. Well, you don't, don't step over the, um, where this came okay, so from. The, yeah. Okay. So got it. So we can do that, but I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because I want to get the into the Stoics. Like you think about Socrates and you think about the Stoics back well, in the day. It wasn't actually Socrates. I think it was Aristotle. This is Aristotle. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it doesn't matter here. I said Socrates, but it's actually Aristotle. You're talking about when you mention all those dudes and Stoics, all those all those old guys with now statues. Okay, so not to minimize any of that. So of course not. the reason I chose ethos and I actually created a thought process around it, and uh, I'll, I'll share with you my story around ethos and what it means. And it was really ethos is a is a root of the word ethics is how it's described. And it's good to remember that because it really, when I look at ethos, it's a statement of character of an individual or a organization. And that's my definition of it. It's kind of a filtered down version of what, and, and ultimately it's what it means to me. It's what it is a, it's a fairly accurate statement of what the word represents to most given what's going on in the world. Now, if you happen to be deep into the word, then you'll have a different expansion of it. But for that, that's what it is. A statement of character, statement of character of an individual or an organization, which also is built off the root of ethics. Yes. Now think about, we talk a lot about values. Mm. This is like 
an evolved state of values that you bring into who you're being in your in your environment, in yourself, in your in your um, organization, for example. Yeah, a lot of the work we do, we often have conversations with people about are you being intentional in defining who you are? You know, we have these values and and often we go back to moral values, you know, honest and integrity, whatever that word means. And I don't want to go down that particular path in this conversation. But really ethos is understanding who you are. You know, if we go back to the statement of character of an individual or an organization where this came for me was around uh, within the Real Estate Investment Network, which talked about, you know, professional skate service. And when we talk about even quantum speed, when we're talking to our teams, we're actually really not directly speaking of ethos, but we do, this is what we stand for. It's where we, and also where we come from. Like we think yes. about that what, what we're grounded in and how we're communicating and what we want to get across to our team so that our team can get that across to our clients. And that's where we can serve the highest. Exactly. So I took the word ethos and I turned it into an acronym, which I'm... Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> I don't know why I do that. Anyways, the point is this, is I'm going to give you this acronym and it's not to... You can use it if you like, whatever you choose to do, but ultimately it's a statement of who are you in the world of character. So let's go through this acronym and, and talk about what ethos is. Now, What's E? What does E, e, e is, for you? For me is for energy. Now, energy is about what I bring to a room, what I bring to a relationship, what I bring to a presentation, what I bring to my podcast, our podcast. You know, what do I do? Like, am I that individual that brings energy to a relationship? So if somebody's being bummed out, can I bring energy that elevates them, gets them into a better state. So ethos for me, the E stands for energy. So and you're either an energy bringer or an energy sucker. Well, yeah. And we've all had that experience where, you know, there is individuals in most people's lives where you you, you walk away from a, an exchange with those individuals and you feel more drained than when you walked in the room. Totally. Energy vampires, we call them. Yeah. Energy vampires. So I don't want to be that guy. I want to, you know, I really don't want to be that, ever be that guy. I don't want to ever be that organization. So, you know, when we look at RAIN, for example, the Real Estate Investment Network or ProSkate or Quantum Speed or any of our business stuff, we really want to light people up. You know, that's really what we're built to do. And uh, I don't know that we consciously think about it anymore where it's part of who we are. And so it's not a conscious thought. I think sometimes if you're tired, overworked and feeling stressed, you got to kind of fake it. Yeah, but you got to generate it. You got to generate that energy. Yeah, absolutely. And okay. you, you know what? When you think about energy, you can either think about the energy. I always like to say when you enter a room, enter with a smile on your face, with a positive thought, and then see what happens. Even if you're exhausted. Energy doesn't mean, you know, you're fired up and, in, you know, all the time. It just means that you're choosing to occur a certain way. Right. You're not in there to drag people down. You're up there. You're there to lift people up. So okay, that's T. What's T. the T mean? Now, I'm going to talk about this one very briefly. T and ethos stands for trust. For you. For me. Mm. Once again, this is my acronym. You. This isn't... <laughs> <laughs> use it or not. I don't care. I, I don't mind sharing it. Uh, it's more about... It's really a statement of defining ourselves. I'm going to talk about, I'll go into the segment. I'll talk about the four dimensions of trust. So, you know, some people who've heard me speak or heard some of the presentations I've done know this particular one, but it's always a good one. And it's a great reminder, the four dimensions of trust in life, in business, and it's just a way to look at what trust represents. So I'll talk about the four dimensions of trust after we're done with this particular segment. And we're not talking blind trust here. No. 
We're talking conscious trust. Okay, H, what does H mean? H is heart. Is your heart in it? Nothing is worse than hanging out with people or being, or well, forget about hanging out with people. So forget about that. It's not just that. Is your heart in it? And if your heart's not in something and you're just going through the motions, it's one thing to kind of do something because it has to be done, even though your heart's not in it. But it, to do that day in, day out, if you're doing, if you're having, if you have a job that your heart's just not in it, that's painful. It is. And you can't generate the give a shit factor. You just can't. And at some point you're doing whoever you're working for a disservice, your clients a disservice, but mostly you're just doing yourself a disservice. If your heart's not in it, then it's time to step back and look at it and go, okay, I got to figure something else out here. My heart's not in it. Be true to yourself. That's always a statement that uh, we all have to hang on to. Be true to yourself and know thyself. Okay. So, oh, what does O mean? O is for ownership. Now, we've talked about this one on the podcast many times, which is extreme ownership or ownership, understanding that our life is a reflection of who we're being. And if we like our life, then that's cool. You can own that. If you got a bunch of shit happening in your life, it's easy to blame. You know, this is this goes back to an epiphany I had many years ago, which is we all like to own the the good stuff. Like I made a million dollars, or I made a bunch of money, or I changed a life, or I won that game, or I did all the, all of the, the cool things. We own it all. Look what I did. I did that. Look what I did. Jeez, good for I, me. That, good for me. Wow, I killed that. You know, and then shit hits the fan and it doesn't work out. It's like. That's not my fault. That's not my fault. If it wouldn't have been for that, it's the weather, it's the it's the conditions, it's the economy, it's whatever. So we have a tendency to not own it. You got to own both sides of the equation ultimately. Now, when we talk about ownership, is extreme ownership, and that means no blame, no complaint, no and that's excuses. A, no excuses. It's the hardest freaking thing in the world. But ultimately, the minute that your life isn't being a reflection of what you want it to be, go stand in front of a mirror. And look in the mirror. You know what was so interesting is that when you look in the mirror and you want something, the mirror doesn't change. No, the mirror doesn't change. It's just a reflection. <laughs> you can clear the mirror and it might, might get a better view, but at the end of the day, uh, yeah, yeah no. it's mm-hmm. the guy in the mirror. And I learned that many years ago from a mentor friend of mine who, you know, I was I was doing business with him and and Mike uh, was his name and I and he owned the business and I said to Mike and it was quite a big deal. He was a supplier. And shipments got screwed up and da-da-da. And something didn't get shipped. And and because I knew Mike, I phoned him. We had other stuff. And I kind of complained to him. I go, dude, you know, I'm supposed to get this shipment. And I go, I'm, I might not be your most important client, but it's still a, a, a shipment worth worthy of, right? And your guys didn't pay attention and da-da-da. And he said, that's my fault. And I went, what? What? <laughs> I go, no, it's your stock boy's fault or whatever it was. that Your shipping guy's fault. And he goes, No. When my business isn't operating, there's only one place I look, and that's in the mirror. And he said, that didn't work, and that worked the way it did because of something I did or didn't do. And and that was many years ago. And although the switch got flipped, I still wasn't great at extreme ownership until just really the past few years and where I've taken it to the next level. And, and I've always been pretty good at it, but you know now it's... Well, what's cool about that is that you take it from a place of you're not blaming yourself. You're actually just taking no, ownership but... for the result and not making excuses, not blaming, not shifting blame onto something or someone else. And that's, for me, I think on the champion's journey, for example, that that I'm on right now with my athletes that are in Beijing and 
I'm heading there in the next couple of days. And when you think about the Olympic Games, that's the ultimate ownership. Like you, mm-hmm. your result is your result on that day. You could be the most trained, you could be the best in the world at something. And on that day, if if something goes south and you fall or something happens, you still have to own that. Right. So what does all S of that mean? So the, yes. To, so oh, we got E T H O and we're into S and S for us or for me in this acronym is for sharing. And that is sharing knowledge, sharing time, it's just about sharing. Mm-hmm. You know, sharing sharing is caring and you know, uh caring is sharing and all the rest of the, that. You know, so it's just about sharing. It's being open and you know, given the businesses that we're in, given what we do in terms of the space of coaching, it really is just sharing. Because sharing. life is a team sport. It is a team sport. And so for us, ethos was that energy, trust, heart, ownership, and sharing. So I invite you as a listener to consider what is your ethos? Like, what do you stand for? What are what are the ethics that you bring to your relationships, to your business, to the deals that you're doing? Are you in alignment with that? And And, and if you aren't, that's fine. But now that you know that there's such a thing called ethos... It'd be pretty cool to identify your own acronym. Well, this goes back to what we talk about, you know, on several episodes around this is growth mindset and or a fixed mindset. You know, growth mindset is open to the conversation of I can define who I am. What do I want to be known for? Who do I want to be? You know, what is the character that I want people to recognize me for? That can be very chosen, very intentional, as opposed to a fixed mindset where it's going, I can't change. This is the DNA. This is what I'm hardwired to do. This is just the way I am. And just the way I am. So we don't happen to believe I have that. no choice. Yeah. You've left me no choice. Exactly. I am this way. So this is a thought process for you to consider in that context. Now, here's where I want to go with this. I think it's important, and that is we talked about T as the being— trust. Let's, let's pull that out. Let's double-click on trust. Double-click on trust. Now, trust is an important one, and, you know, so I've broken it down. And, and this is a, such a big conversation, but ultimately what I've done with the conversation around trust and calling it the four dimensions of trust— is really understanding that we are assessing people, right? We, you know, if I'm sitting on, if I'm sitting in a, in any kind of a, I don't know, we'll call it a business deal, but it doesn't matter. I could be hiring somebody. Uh, I could be doing a business deal. I'm sitting across the table from somebody. Or and what I, if you just want to date someone? Sure. Well, no, not well, you. No, but it's not cause... the same. <laughs> but no, that isn't really, that, there's some part of that that could apply here. But that's what I'm saying. Trust is a very nuanced conversation. But in this case, what I'm giving is, you know, what I'm providing is a context for the what I call the four dimensions of trust. And this is just a conversation to understand what that can be. But the point is, is that as much as we are assessing, we're being assessed. And there is a fundamental thought process that people go through, whether they know it or not, could be conscious, can be subconscious, but ultimately there is this conversation that's going on. So the first dimension in the four dimensions that I use, of course, is truth. Another T. Another T word. And, you know, that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? In the four dimensions of trust, is somebody telling the truth? Yeah. And how do you know that? Well, okay, so let's play the other side of the table. Mm-hmm. Somebody's looking at you. Are yeah. Are they telling the truth? And how do you know? And and well, that's a different conversation. But this is in the four dimensions of trust. We we look at that. Yes. Truth. Truth is um not subjective. Truth is not my truth, your truth, the truth is that you can only be as truthful as you can be in the moment with the information that you have 
in your own alignment, in your own integrity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we get so caught up right now, especially in what is the truth. What is the truth? Okay, so the first dimension in the four dimensions of trust is truth. The next is reliability. Mm. Because in order to have trust, so let's say somebody's telling the truth, okay? But are they reliable? Are they actually going to do what they say they're going to do? Are they going to show up on time? Do they honor their word? Do they honor their word? So are they reliable? Hmm. So we're self we're assessing this either consciously subconsciously you'll be more conscious of it now. So we look and we say is that person reliable? Now I I keep coming back going okay the other side of the table is they're looking across the table at you. Are you reliable? Uh, they're assessing you. Are you being reliable? So somebody can be telling the truth they can be reliable but are they competent? Hmm. Can they pull this off? So the third dimension of trust is competency. Competency. Good one. Now, the next layer of competency is that somebody may not be competent, okay? They can be telling the truth. They can be reliable, but they may not be competent. So does that make them reliable? Well, no, actually, they're not reliable. But what if they can be reliable to gain the competence they need to pull off what they say they're going to pull off? Okay, so here's really cool is that are they telling the truth? Because if they go, you know what? I don't have the competency. Mm-hmm. in this. Right. And they're telling the truth, but I am willing yes. to learn how. So truth, reliability, and competency still are front and center. Front and center. But if they don't have the competency, but they, they tell the truth about it. But if they lie and they say, I got this. Right. Right. Well, and well, then they're not reliable. Well, sometimes they might, you know, they might stretch the truth, but they can still be counted on to be competent so they can believe and really commit to pulling it off. Right. You know, that's interesting. The point is, is that competency is an interesting one because sometimes we take on things that we're actually not competent at, but we trust ourselves in that we're going to gain the competency. We're going to put the right people in place that have the competency that we're still going to be able to pull it off. So that's ultimately that kind of competency is an interesting part of the four dimensions of truth. Think about that as from the CEO standpoint is that you don't want to be and the best and competent in all areas of the business. You want to hire people that are smarter than you, and you want to hire people... I hope like hell that they're smarter than me. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's not hard to do. (laughs) Anyway, but truthfully is that knowing your level of competency is also part of truth and and being reliable. And for me to be able to say, you know, I don't know that, but I can find out for you. Right. Yeah. So as I said, this conversation is actually quite nuanced. And in the and I use the four dimensions of trust. I could expand it to the eight dimensions. But these four dimensions are pretty common. And it's a place to start for people to look at trust differently, which is actually to even, you know, as you're listening to this, perhaps you're expanding on the conversation of trust. Okay. Who can I trust? How can I trust? So what's the fourth dimension? The fourth dimension is care. Now... What the hell is that all about? Well, here's the thing about care. I call it the give a shit factor. Because at the end of the day, somebody can be telling the truth. They can be absolutely reliable. And they can even be very competent. But, but they don't care. If they don't care, punt them. You know, at the end of the day, if their heart's not in it, if they're not really there for you in that particular conversation, guess what? Do you really want to go through the pain and the discomfort? And this goes back to then 
ethos, you're assessing what their ethos is, you're assessing character, whether you recognize it as ethos or not. So this is all kind of comes together when you start to understand the four dimensions of trust, you start to understand ethos, you start to own it in your world, wrap your arms around that particular conversation. You can see that in business, in life, in career development, you really have to be, and you can be, very mindful of these things so that you're actually developing intentionally. And when you do that, of course, you start to attract those individuals that align with your ethos, that align with your belief system around the four dimensions of trust. Now, it's not like you're out advertising it, just in the way you're being and assessing will actually keep the people that align with your values in in that way. And it's a strong filter system. And, you know, when you, for me, when I got to this, it didn't expand my <laughs> my circle quickly. It actually eliminated. Shrunk it. It shrunk it. Yeah. Um, and because it's not that I didn't trust people, it's that I started to trust myself more. Mm-hmm. And that's a really big thing when you think of trust and and what trust means to you. I love this, that the four dimensions are truth, reliability, competency. Can I pull it off? And then care. How much, how much do I care? How much does that other person care about the things that we talk about and that we align on? So mm. this has been very powerful, Patrick, from ethos, from our ethics, from our environment, into then building a foundation of our ethos from a foundation of trust. So do you, um, is there anything you want to say to wrap this up and pull it all together? Well, the only thing that I want to, you know, to wrap this up is if we go back to even the fundamental conversation that we have often, which is our, re- our life is a reflection of who we're being. And when we start to get really clear on our ethos, as an example, what we often call who are we in the context of our life, that's part of the coaching program that we do. Called shift. Called shift. But ultimately, intentionally defining, intentionally taking responsibility for how you're showing up in life, in all aspects, not just business. As a matter of fact, in business, you know, who you show up as as a husband, a wife, a, you know, a father, a son, a daughter, uh, a business partner, it doesn't matter, like who you are in the context of your life. And when we break it down in the way that we're talking about ethos, when we're talking about the four dimensions of trust, when you're being intentional, that's the type of people that you attract into your life. And so when we assess, when we self-assess our life and we look at who's in our life, are we happy with all the people that are in our life? And when you know this stuff, it stops being a surprise. Yeah. It stops being a surprise. And if you're surprised that you've got a jerk and an asshole and all these idiots and they're stupid and you're, and you're like, why, are you, why do you have all these people in your life? Not that, about them. It's not about them. It's not that you're an asshole and an idiot, but ultimately, it's, is that information enough for you to take some time to self-assess? Well, that goes back to our conversation around boundaries. Yeah, right. We did that podcast around boundaries. So good. Yeah. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) But truthfully, I mean, when we start to bring this into the future, I mean, how life is short. You know, do you want to keep showing up and having yourself attract the people or the situations or the consequences or the results that you don't want? Mm-hmm. So if if you don't want that, then stop setting the intention and the goals around not wanting that. And I think that could be, you know, a really interesting conversation about how to how to get what you want based on what you don't want. There you go. 
Okay. Any parting words? No, other than that, this was so great. And thanks for letting me sit on this side of the microphone and really pull this stuff out of you because this, you, you don't get how smart and how interesting this stuff is. I think, well, for me, maybe because I'm biased, but I think for our listeners that, that really are starting to see the depth of the knowledge and awareness and the simplicity of it, it's so simple. So I just want to thank you and uh, for the com- <laughs> the confidence that it takes to to show up and to share this stuff. So how about you? Any last words? You know, when we look at who we're being, what our ethos is, when we give it a context, and you know, I always say that context without con no content, content. without context yeah. is just more information. And so I, I'm really kind of OCD about context. I think it's the most important thing about content. So sometimes we go overboard in creating context, but I think it's very, very important because otherwise this content just lands and it dissipates because there's no box to put it in. There's no framework for it. And that's what context is. And I think that's what what's so brilliant about our shift program is that we spend so much time in helping people build their context that the, the content that they fill in is clean and clear and pure and direct. And next thing you know, people are, you know, don't get me wrong, but leaving jobs and leaving relationships because they've been out of alignment because their context hasn't been clear. But anyway, that's another podcast. Well, thank you, Patrick. This was really fun. I think we should do a podcast on integrity. Maybe that's the one we got to do next. Oh, man. Let's get a little deep. Let's get some feedback. That's a little deep. Okay. (laughs) If you enjoyed this podcast, CEO at raincanada.com. Like and share. Give us some uh, feedback on it. See what you think. As well as, yeah, like, share. Tell your friends. And come join us on the journey of uh, Mindset Matters, February, March, April. Uh, Starts on uh, February 22nd. Um, Email CEO at raincanada.com for more information. We would love to have you join us. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Stephanie. This was fun. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others. Share with your friends as it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.